Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first reading comes from ACA Strengthening My Recovery. The topic is step 10. We learn to take a balanced view of our behavior, avoiding the tendency to take too much responsibility for the actions of others. Big Red Book, page 251. We didn't learn balance in our families of origin. Most of us became either super responsible or super irresponsible. There didn't seem to be much of a middle ground. Those of us who were super responsible often believed we were in charge of everyone else. In the process, we didn't learn to focus on ourselves. That sounds to me like more of the caretaker. In step four, we identify our problematic behaviors. As we continue to work the steps, we increase our awareness of those behaviors and how they affect our relationships with other people. We examine our demands, our criticisms, and our negativity. We inventory our past feelings and motives so we can separate our own dysfunction from that of our family of origin. We begin repairing ourselves to replace the lack of nurturing and the imbalance we grew up with. When we regularly practice step 10, we are able to stay current. Learning to keep the scales balanced, we acknowledge our feelings and act purposefully in situations, thereby gaining emotional sobriety. We celebrate our lives as they become more sane and manageable. On this day, I will identify my feelings and focus on my needs, my own needs. I will practice balance with my responsibility to others and my responses to the situations I face. Kind of have some goosebumps on this part. I think it really encapsulates what these programs have done for me. Make my life more sane and manageable. And interesting is the answers that I were looking probably not only would not have made my life more sane and manageable, could have made it unmanageable, you know, whether it was through different people or finding it through an employer. I just, you know, it's a, this passage is a reminder that for me, I have to, per, uh, you know, my program first before everything else. Um, and if I don't, then those, everything else will be uh, very uh, transitory, very um, temporary. Um, you know, it's kind of like, I guess one of the books that, they recommend that's not a recovery book, but in recovery circles is Seven Highly Effective Habits of People by Stephen Covey. I think that's what it's called. And I think it's because when you grow up in a dysfunctional family, you don't really have a model of effectiveness. And, uh, you know, I think as, as I progress to this podcast, I would definitely um, incorporate, you know, books outside of recovery literature that, you know, essentially can ha- uh, help with the reparenting process. Um, I really identified also with the uh, super responsible or super irresponsible. I, uh, I I think at a certain point, it's just like if someone was going to do it, then there was definitely that super irresponsible part. And the super, but it can also be emotion, you know, super responsible for the happiness of others. In the end of the day, I mean, to say it out loud, and one of the reasons why I do this is to say this out loud, to read important things and to remind myself, I'm not really responsible for the happiness of others, um, you know, particularly in the family, even if that was the message that I got, or just the message that I understood, you know, um, it's not always about messages that you get from family, there's, you know, messages you can get from the media, from sitcoms, from rom-coms, I mean, the list is endless. On to the next reading, also from Strengthening My Recovery, the topic is fear of authority. We came to see our parents as authority figures who could not be trusted. In healthy families, authority figures are parents who are loving, nurturing, and supportive. In our families, they usually put fear into our little souls. We endured physical, verbal, or emotional abuse. And unfortunately, what we see and experience, many of us learn 
and often practice, you know, those periods of silence and rage and, you know, uh, seeing vulnerability as a weakness where it's really a strength. It's really not even a strength. It's a human emotion of communicating your feelings to somebody. But, you know, communicating vulnerability to emotionally unavailable people sometimes maybe is not the best uh, course of action. No wonder our relationships may be chaotic at best when we get to ACA, whether we had become a rigid authority figure or not. When we admit that the only way we know how to deal with life's challenges is to slam doors, shut down and isolate, or say hurtful things to those closest to us, we take the first step towards being ready to change. By working the steps with a sponsor or fellow traveler, we discover the triggers that cause us to react negatively or to isolate. We cry for our little kid who faced the terror and heartbreak when these triggers were implanted. Wounds are reopened as we discover the damage, knowing we often couldn't trust what was going to happen from one minute to the next. As we sit in meetings, we listen to the experience, strength, and hope of other ACAs because they have what we want. We are tired of running. We want healthier ways to communicate so we can trust ourselves and be trusted by others. On this day, I open my heart with courage to find help to work the steps. I love myself enough to do this. Um, and this is, I'm in the process of it. And to be honest, I'll always be working the steps. Um, the way to help yourself and to help others. But also, I think it's become a very, at times, interesting process to rediscover who I really am. Not who I thought I should be or what maladaptive coping mechanisms, you know, like the false self versus the true self, where this true self is much more in line with the inner child. Our next reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go. The topic is empowering. You can think, you can feel, you can solve your problems, you can take care of yourself. I'm going to stop right there. Before your 12 steps, I didn't think I could do any of these, and now I know, I believe, and my actions dictate that. Back to the reading. Those words have often benefited me more than the most profound and elaborate advice. Well, if it if it if it if it benefits Melody Beatty, it bears repeating. So let's say it again. You can think, you can feel, you can solve your problems, you can take care of yourself. How easy is it is to fall into the trap of doubting others and ourselves? When someone tells us about a problem, what is our reaction? Do we believe we need to solve it for the person? Do we believe that the person's future rests on our ability to advise him or her? That's standing on shaking ground, not the stuff of which recovery is made. When someone is struggling through a feeling or a morass of feelings, what is their reaction? That the person will never survive that experience? That it's okay for someone to feel? That he or she will never get through this intact? When a person is faced with the task of assuming responsibility for their life and behaviors, what is our response? That the person can't do that? I must do it myself to save him or her from dissipating into ashes, from crumbling, from falling, from failing. I mean, it's just one example of codependency after another. Back to the reading. What is our reaction to ourselves when we encounter a problem, a feeling, or when we face the prospect of assuming responsibility for ourselves? Do we believe in others and ourselves? Do we give the power to people, including ourselves and their abilities? Or do we give the power to the problem, the feeling, or the irresponsibility. We can learn to check ourselves out, like a library book. We can learn to think and consider a response before we respond. I'm sorry you're having that problem. I know you can figure out a solution. 
Sounds like you've got some feelings going on. I know you'll work through them and come out on the other side. Each of us is responsible for ourselves. That does not mean we don't care. It does not mean a cold, calculated withdrawal of our support from others. It means we learn to love and support people in ways that work. It means we learn to love and support ourselves in ways that work. It means that we connect with friends who love and support us in ways that work. To believe in people, to believe in each person's inherent ability to think, feel, solve problems, and take care of themselves is a great gift we can give and receive from others. Today, I will strive to give and receive support that is pure and empowering. I will work at believing in myself and others and our mutual abilities to be competent at dealing with feelings, solving problems, and taking responsibility for ourselves. The next reading is also for Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is positive energy. It's so easy to look around and notice what's wrong. It takes practice to see what's right. That's a great point. It takes gratitude to see what's, you know, and I think that's the part about waking up early in the morning is it's a habitual thing. And I think as the day gets better, it's just, you just have moments of gratitude of the sun, uh, you know, but it, it has to be a practice, um, you know, face-to-face contact. The fact that, you know, in these really trying and uncertain and really unprecedented times, uh, you know, there's a grocery store up the street, you know, so it's, I'll start again, because I just think those two clowns are profound. Um, it's so easy to look around and notice what's wrong. It takes practice to see what's right. Many of us have lived around negativity for years. We've become skilled at labeling what's wrong with other people, our life, our work, our day, our relationships, our conduct, our recovery, and ourselves. We want to be realistic. That is funny, too, because it's like, I'm just being realistic. It's like, no, it's negative. Uh, life is, as you can see a lot of positive in the world. You can see a lot of negative. Uh, just <laughs> take two examples of pe- people you know who consistently see events different. You know, the central question of how does this negativity serve me? And I think at a certain point, I always thought it served me. It does not. Back to our reading. We want to be realistic and our goal is to identify and accept reality. However, this is often not our intent when we practice negativity. The purpose of negativity is usually annihilation. Negative thinking empowers the problem. It takes us out of harmony. Negative energy sabotages and destroys. I might add that people probably pick up on it. It has a powerful life of its own. So does positive energy. Each day we can ask what's right, what's good about other people our life, our work, our day, our relationship, ourselves, our conduct, our recovery. Positive energy heals, conducts love, and transforms. Choose positive energy. Repeat that again. And I remember, you know, Tony Robbins said, change your questions, change your life. So what's negative in the world or what's positive? So let's see here. So does positive energy. Each day we can ask what's right, what's good about our other people, our life, our work, our day, our relationships, ourselves, our conduct, our recovery. Positive energy heals, conducts love, and transforms. Choose positive energy. Today, God, let me help, let me help me let go of negativity, transform my beliefs and thinking at the core from negative to positive, put me in the harmony with the good. 
And the final reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go. And the topic is, um, sorry about that. The topic is removing the victim. Don't others see how much I'm hurting? Can't they see I need help? Don't they care? The issue is not whether others see or care. The issue is whether we see and care about ourselves. Often when we're pointing a finger at others, waiting for them to have compassion for us, it's because we have not fully accepted our pain. We have not yet reached that point of caring about ourselves. We are hoping for awareness in another that we have not yet had. It's our job to have compassion for ourselves. When we do, we've taken the first step toward removing ourselves as victims. We are on the way to self-responsibility, self-care, and change. Today, I will not wait for others to see and care. I will take responsibility for being aware of my pain and problems and caring about myself. And I would add, you know, getting validation from people who are emotionally unavailable, not bad, not good, just emotionally unavailable, is not a very fruitful battle. Um, so, and that concludes the reading. I hope this was instructive. Uh, I know this was just, this podcast is just a, you know, it's a form of self-expression, but it's just reminding myself of spiritual literature and what's important and these daily messages that can drown out, you know, childhood conditioning and habits and things like that. So until next time, this is Kowan Saluja. I appreciate everybody who listens, reminding myself to pause because that's where God is, to feel my feelings, and to love myself.